Welcome to The Morning Crew, a grief podcast hosted by three gals in their mid-20s. Here, talking about grief is completely normal and a part of our everyday life. So grab a cup of coffee or a drink. Grief conversations can actually be that casual. So let's talk about it. And welcome, everybody, and welcome back to our repeat listeners that we love. Um, Today, (laughs) we're going to talk about peace, which is, I think, Mads, one of Mads and I's favorite tracks um, of Taylor's, but finding peace through loss. But before we get into all of that, wanted to do some check-ins and updates. So first, I think we have major updates I guess from both of you, but from Mad specifically too, that we wanted to touch on. Well, I'm going to say that I got to um, go first because uh, we is about peace and that is the best track of Taylor in my opinion. Um, So that's what I'm going to run with from that. Um, But yeah, absolutely. So I had just recently texted um, the girls. We were in, my whole family was in um, Orlando for a wedding. We were in our very dear friend Courtney's wedding, and it was one of the top five best days of my life. It was so beautiful and wonderful. And on the way home, we were at the airport, and we kind of were just like playing cards. Me and my sister, we were traveling together. And for some reason, we started talking about secrets, and we were a little bit drunk because we love an airport drink. And we started like going back and forth about like secrets and things. And then for some reason, I just like told her about the podcast, and she it was like, not a big deal, which was like so cool. Which I think it was like same with my dad when I had made it such a big deal in my head that she was like proud and excited and wanted to know more and wanted to listen, but it wasn't as big of like an anxiety deal that I made it as most things aren't, I guess, um, in the way that things actually end up working out. But she was like all about it, all excited about it. Um, I had mentioned to her that we wanted to have her on sometime and she was all game. Um, today it was really cool. And, uh, she knows, she knows of Kathy at least a lot. Um, because we all like be texting her. We'll be talking about like Sean Mendez or something, or she will like comment on my post or our post. And she's like, who's this Kathy girl? So I was like, oh, I just met him like uh, Kathy and Kelsey. I met them through the scrubbing in group, like whatever. And so whenever she was talking about it, I was like, that's how I know Kelsey and Kathy. And she was like, that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Um, but she asked a couple of questions, but it wasn't like it was like a huge thing. Like we kept playing Rummy. It wasn't like it was like an, in my brain, you know, it was like an earth shattering thing and like all my secrets and whatever. Um, and then Kelsey asked me in the group chat, she was like, is she going to listen to like where you're at or like or like from where we're at or start from the beginning or not at all? And I we were in literally in line to board the plane and I had read that to her and she was like, whatever you want. And I was like, OK, um, so it was really cool. Um, and obviously that's been like the thing. Um, my most relief is that I felt like I was kind of like holding the girls back because I knew, although they didn't feel that way, that I had just been keeping it in and I didn't want to like let it out there. And I still am not like posting about it on my social medias. But obviously, if you are a regular listener, you know how excited and how much I love my sister. And so it was just, I think it was just that final piece of like approval. Um, and I also got to tell her that Shannon was on and knew about it. And so it kind of seemed like this full circle moment for everyone. So it was really cool. Um, and I'm excited to share it with her and I'm excited that hopefully she will be able to be on. We were like, I freaked out when we got that text and I like freaked out that you then like got on a flight and like, couldn't really text us more after and like (laughs) left us kind of on a cliffhanger. Because I still have so many questions and I'm so obsessed with like how this happened and how easy it ended up being and how happy she was. And obviously everything we've ever heard about Kennedy is that she's just like amazing and one of your best friends. So 
best friends as your sister, but also one of your best friends. Um, so not surprised at all at how like happy for you she was. But I'm curious, like in this like game format, like I need to hear like how you explained it to her. Like, yes, yeah, so I've been doing this thing for <laughs> over a year with these two strangers. Like, how did you explain it in this game? So great question. And I do think it was funny that I ghosted you guys because we literally boarded the plane right after. And typically the planes have Wi-Fi because we were flying Southwest. But for some reason, this one wouldn't connect. And I thought it was so funny because not only would it not connect, so I knew I dropped the bomb on you, Kennedy and I could only listen to what was on her phone. And it was like, Disney music from like the past trip we had just taken to Disney. So we're like <laughs> listening to like the Lilo and Stitch soundtrack. And I know I just dropped this bomb on you. And I'm also like, we just went through a really long trip. So it was really funny um, the whole experience of it. But no, and honestly, I've mentioned it on the podcast, but you guys kind of know when I get really anxious or like a lot's going on, like I kind of black out a little bit. Um, and I didn't like black out, black out, but I don't remember exactly what I said. I know that I had said, um, you know, I remember I was like, this is a big one. Like, this is a big secret. Like, I made it out to me. She's like, oh, tell me. I was like, this is the only secret that I like always comes up when we talk about secrets. And and I haven't told you because we sometimes will be like drinking, like, tell me a secret. We'll say something stupid. And I was like, this is one that always comes up, but I haven't told you whatever. And I couldn't think of any other secrets. Um, and if you remember, that's how I same the same way I've told one of the guys I had dated in the past was like, he was like, tell me a secret. I was like, this is my secret. Um, and so when I told her, she was like, really? I think I just said, um, I've been like working on a podcast and I, you know, met the met the person from scrubbing in, whatever. And then she had asked and then she had recognized, like I said, Kathy's name. And she's like, that's really cool. And I was like, yeah. And then I was like, and maybe because um, she'll talk more about it when she is our guest at some point. But she's gone through a big change in her life in the past year. Um, and I was like, if you ever want to come on and talk and like talk about it or just like, no, like she was like, yeah, absolutely. I would love to. And I was like, Okay. And then we boarded the plane. And like, I think it's the same as my dad. Like I was very grateful for the response and the excitement and not the 20 questions, like not making it like it was this ginormous thing. Um, and even like Kelsey asking her question, I asked her and she didn't even ask me if she could. She was just like, yeah, she was like, whatever you want. Like she was just like there. It wasn't, again, as big of a deal as it was in my head. Um, it was all good, which I always think I kind of knew, but it's just kind of unlearning some things that I've, you know, done to my brain over the past 27 years um but it was really really cool and like tonight she's in town like I had mentioned um off air before we started recording and I was like oh yeah like I'm recording the podcast tonight and she's like okay I'll see you tomorrow like it's just like very like I could just say that which is kind of cool um because I have spent a year not saying it um I didn't go into how long we've been doing it or any of that she didn't ask and I didn't go into it I told her we were in our second season I told her dad knew um I told her about both of your stories a little bit and how I know you I told her Shannon was on um but she didn't ask um I told her I don't think she would be surprised but um, it was then cool because we were cleaning out my house in spring cleaning this weekend and she pulled down my holiday box and she opened it up and it was the morning crew ornament was in my holiday box. And I originally was like, I, at first I was like, oh my gosh, like she's going to ask what that is. And I was like, no, she fucking knows. Like, it's fine. Like, it's cool. Like she knows. She didn't even ask. She's like, oh, this is holiday stuff. Let's put that label on it and put it to the side. And I was like, this is just like an alternate universe from like where I had been living in the past year. Um, but that's my uh, very long-winded way of saying it was all good, all lovely. Um, still kind of funny. Like I said, like when, when, when I opened it up and I saw my Kathy ornament, I was like, 
oh no, <laughs> she knows. So it was pretty cool. No, I love that you found the box and everything and you probably like your heart skipped a beat for a sec, but it's just like so casual and no big deal because, and I remember when I was like first telling people too, like it was a really big thing in my head because it's like not only like this big project you've been spending a lot of time working on and almost any podcast you do shows some kind of vulnerability, but this is like an even like 10x the vulnerability. So And also, I'm just a person with anxiety. So I also make everything in my head feel like it's going to be something like 10 times worse than like it is even from like dumb work tasks to like, yeah, talking to someone about something. So I fully relate to that. Um, But I'm just so happy you told her and that it went well. And like you said that it wasn't this like big thing. And I literally cannot wait to have her on because I think it's so badass that she wants to talk about what she's been through. And like you said, it's more recent for her. So I think that shows so much strength. And I think her story, which just teasing it, because I want her to tell her story, is so powerful. And I think a lot of people will be able to relate to it. So just can't wait to talk to her. I echo all of that. And I feel like I have so many burning questions. And also like, want to pick her brain about like her what was going on through her brain when you told her to like she might have had some sort of reaction like towards you but I'm curious if there was like anything else going on at the time and also relate to the fact of like even though even now like I am comfortable talking about my podcast with the people that know about it but when it comes up with strangers I still can get a little like weird about it and like shy and then talking thinking about telling like older family members or other people in my family definitely gives me anxiety so I can't even imagine if I had a sibling what that would look like um but I just overall I'm really grateful that she took it so well and overjoyed that she actually wants to participate like that's another level and step to it all so Super, super exciting. Thank you guys both so much for both of those very kind things to say and also just being patient and being able to, you know, kind of understand where I was coming from. Um, And it's been a a long time coming as Taylor Swift says as she opens her uh, new tour. But um, I really do appreciate it. And I'm excited for all of the things to come as well. Um, But I think I did a decent job of talking up our first uh, 10 minutes. Uh, Kelsey, how have you been lately? (laughs) Um, I have been, I'm trying to think the last time we recorded, I think I've been to Mexico since we recorded last, I think. And like the whirlwind of like working the Giants Padres game in Mexico City and just being like such a cool high energy place and like amazing food, but like the heat and the altitude and like the work hours were definitely a lot and the travel was a lot. So it kind of knocked me out and then went to a a wedding with um, college friends and everything. But while I was in Mexico City was also my mom's birthday. Um, And that was kind of an interesting place to be for my mom's birthday. I was like really knee deep into work in another country and, you know, obviously not around any family. Um, And compared to the year before where I was at a music festival, which was also odd, but I was at least at one of her favorite places and with my some of my really good friends. Um, so I made the decision on her birthday, even though I am close to a couple of coworkers and some of them even listen to this podcast, I decided to not say anything and I decided to not post anything. Um, and I was getting text messages throughout the day, like from her good friends and from our friends. And, you know, obviously my sister, dad and I were texting, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I was just like in the work 
world. I was by that day was like pretty sleep deprived. So I was a little more like prone to feeling emotional and kind of like when I had those moments alone that day and like was getting these really sweet texts and people are sending like pictures and everything, which I did really appreciate. I was getting a little bit emotional, like just briefly, like to myself. And then I'd kind of just like, you know, wipe it off and go work. And I just, I don't know, I was maybe nervous that like I was going to get emotional in front of like a lot of coworkers, like the way like where I was stationed was like in the clubhouse space. So I was like around very publicly, like a lot of people. And I was just like, eh, like, I'm just, I'm not going to say anything. And I don't know if like looking back, I like, that was the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do or if I, but it just like in the moment, that's like what felt right. Um, I know my sister like had a really great day, like with somebody who was like making a big point to like really honor my mom and like made sure everything that they did that day, like honored her. And so like, I was really happy to hear that. And like my dad spent time with his brother um, I made a point at the end of the night to like have a grapefruit um, margarita instead of just a regular margarita like in her honor and different people were sending us different things they were doing to like toast her. Um, but yeah, so kind of an odd day. I was a little more emotional than I thought, but was like mostly distracted and working and tired and it was like a little sad, but it happened. Do you think – and forgive me, you know, my memory is not the best, but – Compared to how you celebrated it last year, how you spent it last year, what have you taken away and and learned and what like how you would prepare yourself to do it again next year when it comes around? That's a good question. Um, I think the other one being like at one of her favorite places did feel like an extra special way to honor her. Um, But being at like a music festival where you're like drinking and then I couldn't have predicted that like Carrie Underwood, one of her favorite artists, was going to like have this really big moment like honoring people who passed away. And so that was just like a lot. But I don't think I could like duplicate that even if I wanted to. But my friends who were there like knew about it and like made a point and acknowledged it. And I liked that. So although like the work day wasn't really in my control, like I like that was the day I had to be in Mexico City, but maybe like going forward the next birthday, like making sure I'm with friend or family in some way versus like feeling kind of like far away. And so like out of it with everything and feeling like almost I had this like weird, sad secret that day that I was just like, not really saying. So yeah, if I have the control to like, at least be with, and again, my coworkers are great, but we were just it, it just didn't feel like the time or the place that, yeah, maybe I'll make a point to be with family some somehow, some way. Um, but in other updates, also, we have Mother's Day coming up here. Um, as we're recording it, it'll be this upcoming Sunday. And of course, the mini... Um, the mini emails and the mini signs and going into grocery store. I was in Whole Foods today and like the checkout is like flowers and champagne. And, you know, it it is just very everywhere, like being on a work call and we're logged off, like everyone, don't forget to buy like your mom something for Mother's Day. And it's just like, you know, more in your face and there's kind of like nothing you can do about it. But I know we've talked about it like in the last year episode, but just like so deeply appreciate when companies let you unsubscribe from Mother's or Father's Day emails. Like I just feel like it's 2023 and it's like not that big of a deal. And it like gives me more of a positive association with companies who do that. And like I miss their marketing messages for a few weeks than those who don't. 
So just a general shout out. Like I did feel like this year I noticed like more companies doing it maybe than last year and just happily unsubscribe. And then I'm even more inclined to shop with them later on. Um, my sister and I made the decision again to not see like our aunt or our, our nana or like any other family that day. We're going to see them the day before and do like a little lunch with them. And then on actual Mother's Day, we're going to try to like escape the city and see if we can like, you know, you can like get day passes to hotels where you just kind of can you like use a pool. Like we're going to do something like that and just feel like far away and tan and kind of not be on our phones and social media instead of last year where we really just kind of like cocooned in my apartment and like watched a lot of shows and like ate takeout, which also worked for that day too, but just sharing like strategies that were like, okay, at least like relaxing outside will maybe feel a little bit better. That is my favorite way to self-care, by the way, is just getting one of those resort passes. I think I've done that for like my birthday. I think I've also even done that like maybe on like my dad's birthday or anniversary or something. So it's definitely a page out of my book that I've um, played before and definitely appreciate it. Um, There's just something also, I think, again, about being outside that I think is super important, especially on those days. But it's it's good that you have like a learning now and like you'll just continue to kind of build awareness about it as years go on and things might change. Like, I don't know how you'll feel like years from now, um, but all you can act off of is like how you felt the last two times and continue to feel. So at least you're kind of like building the right tool set like as you're going. And I think that's all you can kind of really ask for to help better prepare you. No, for sure. And thank you. Cause it is definitely like such a thing around the firsts of everything. And now that I've been through the first, it's like recalibrating what the second, third, fourth, fifth, like those next couple where it's still fresh. And also great life hack about this like day pass thing at hotels and resorts or spas or whatever. Like, I don't know if I've ever really done that before. It was kind of my sister's idea. And it's kind of a nice hack where it's like, yeah, you don't spend the night, but just to like be outside, I think will feel really good. Um, but Kath, want to check in with you about your your updates right now. Yeah, I feel like my life has been pretty stable and consistent, but I've had a lot of changes around me. Like I mean, we're all in the life stage where I think people are getting married and maybe buying homes and having kids. And so like, I'm feeling all of that in my like closer circles right now, which is very exciting. It's just a lot of change. And I don't know if I've talked about that much on the podcast, but I don't do well with change, which is not great. And I probably need to like learn how to be better with it. Um, So it's something that I'm kind of working through of just like what this looks like and it's a selfish thought, and but it is one that I'll, I'll be honest that I have um, a lot when my close friends' lives are changing drastically like that. Um, but at the same time, obviously, I'm super, super, super happy for them and excited. And one special, like my old roommate and one of my closest friends um, just recently got engaged this past weekend. And I was like, so emotional for the last honestly like two months just thinking about it just because I've seen her 
grow um, so much in the last couple years and to develop such a special relationship with her person. And so I just think like, I just was really overwhelmed with a lot of emotions, Um, still even choking up a little bit thinking about it, but just very happy. So shout out to Victoria and Holly, who are very, very special friends and cheersing them for sure. Um, But yeah, so just lots of change. One special one that happened over the weekend, excited to keep celebrating um, and seeing so many different people like get to experience all of these new chapters starting. It's, it's really exciting. No, definitely. And like, it's very sweet to see you like clearly so happy for them. I think one of the quotes Tinks has said is like, feel your friends wins and successes like in your bones. Like, cause like there's no place for, and it's so easy, like you said, to compare and be like, ah, like I'm single, but it's like, no, feel in your bones, like in your soul, like that you are that happy for them. And I can tell that like you are feeling that way, but yeah, late 20s is that weird time where people are like getting married and having kids or moving in together or buying a house or having babies. And at least speaking for the three of us, we are still just more like independent and single and staying in our like careers. And we don't have those big, massive changes happening for us right now. So I feel like while it's so important to stay so happy and there and supportive for all of our friends who are doing all of those big things, that like we still keep a group of other single friends to make yeah. sure we don't feel like we're on an island. And even if that means kind of like latching on to maybe people you weren't as close to before, I feel like it's important to like keep some circle so you still feel like grounded and supported in that way, but then also like so happy for your friends. So congratulations to them. Thank you. Yeah. No, I think it's exactly what you said. Um But so pivoting into kind of this week's topic that we wanted to cover, we had kind of talked about in the group chat about what topic we wanted to do next and something that I think Kelsey kind of came up with um, or drew from was that sort of feeling of feeling after the initial like stages of grief and the very the heaviness of it all in the beginning is like a sense of almost normalcy again, or just kind of like getting back to life. And then also like, maybe just feeling at peace with grief at a certain point. Like, I believe and I can't remember where I heard this. And I don't know if it was on our podcast or not. But somebody said, like, make grief your companion or your friend. And I thought that that was such a like, tough pill to swallow. Like, that is the last thing that I could imagine make, making my friend. Um, but I would like to say, I would like to like reframe it in terms of like make grief, I guess, a part of like find a place for it inside of yourself where you're not constantly always in battle with it. And then and I think that we've kind of touched on some topics where we're really embracing it and trying to, like we said, like we always say, like go on the offense with it. Um, and instead of like, like, I guess it's not really attacking. It's just making sure like, again, just kind of showing up with your armor, but also like figuring out ways how to incorporate grief in a beautiful way in your life versus just making it a sad thing in your life. Like honoring our loved ones and celebrating them and bringing like joy into the equation versus just focusing on the feelings of sadness. And so I think that 
that is like kind of where we start figuring out how to find peace and redefining what peace looks like in our lives after our loss. I love that redefine because part of the reason why I even like propose this topic is I feel like it's something that I've been struggling with lately that whenever I have too much time on my hands or like I have like an open Sunday or something like that, that's when like it's it's oftentimes – sometimes it's sadness, but sometimes it is just like the anger and frustration part will still come in that like like angry that like this has happened and angry of all the things that have changed and angry that like, you know, I would call her right now, but I can't and like angry that I just have this void and this thing just still festering inside and figuring out like – well, damn, like it's, we always say there's no timeline, but it's, I'm approaching like the two year mark. And I'm like, I don't want to live my whole life with this like festering anger every time I have like too much time alone with my own thoughts. Like I don't, and she wouldn't want that. And I wouldn't want that for anyone else who's going through grief. And it's like, yes, I need to be patient with myself, but it was like, it's an, enough where of a pattern where just like that reframe of like, there's nothing to change the situation. So just like you said, finding a place for it in a way that's just like making it as beautiful and positive that you can. And obviously like this podcast is one, but when we're not like recording, then it's like back to the open void. So I do really like the idea of trying to figure out like what peace in those alone moments or in those hard moments looks like, not ignoring the grief, but yeah, like welcoming it into your day-to-day. Um, thank you for sharing that, Kelsey. I'm sorry that you've been dealing with that lately. I know that feeling and I know it's not fun, um, but I appreciate you sharing and being vulnerable about it. And I have two questions that I'm going to ask, and I'm just going to say them both at the same time so you can kind of go with it either way you want. Um, the first one was I was going to ask how far into that process do you realize that that's what's happening? Like is it like a mental day when you just know you're in a bad mood or you're grumpy or is it immediate like you could tell that that's what's fueling it? And then my second question is if you have yet found tactics, and I know it's been kind of new and frustrating, but something to help get you out of that, whether it's calling Kai or watching a funny show or do you have you found any good solutions for that feeling yet both good questions the first question is I don't think I noticed it was grief related at first like I think I was just like maybe piling up more like anxiety of like other things happening in life but then like when you like sit with it it just like it's there it's there always like we say like it's sneaky it's always looming and maybe it's not the whole piece as to why I would be feeling like stressed or angry or more down. But I think it like there was always an element that was tied to it. And maybe it's because I like am in tune to the fact that like birthday, Mother's Day, and then soon enough, the year anniversary are like all kind of packaged. So I feel like subconsciously the like alert system is maybe more like up because I'm getting like hit with like Mother's Day, mom, 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 like all over the place. Um, And then with tactics to help, I would say 
sometimes it's really hard in the moment. Like I could list off like all the tactics now, but sometimes in the moment it could be so hard to like activate on any of them. And sometimes I like will force myself to like take a nap, like if I can to just be like almost like a reset button for my brain, like a power nap or something. Um, but yeah, definitely like if I can get outside and like go on a walk, if I can yeah, call Kylie or get on the phone with a friend in any way, like that helps. Yeah, comforting TV shows are a good one. Um, but definitely something I just want to keep like working on and strengthening that skill set so I can kind of acknowledge it sooner and can kind of work through it sooner too. Um but I think, Kath, like what you're saying with like change and different things happening and like my roommate's going to be moving out um, soon and I need to figure out someone to like sublet her room until my sister and I can move in together because she couldn't get out of her lease and work things and, you know, all the things that pile up in all of our lives all the time. But it's like change, I think, as we've maybe talked about before, too, can also end up triggering grief in a weird way because that was like the biggest change of my whole life. So maybe whenever there are like bigger changes, something also subconsciously kind of goes off there too. Yeah, that makes a a lot of sense. And I wanted to say you mentioned that you weren't sure if it was the Mother's Day emails or the birthdays. Um, And I know that you weren't saying this, but I recently, my associate, I was talking to her one day and for some reason we were talking about guns or something and I talked about how it was really triggering. And I was like, I don't know why. I've never been in a situation. And she reminded me, which is something I don't give myself grace to do very often, is like, you don't have to have a reason for your feelings. You don't have to have a reason if you're triggered by something. You don't have to have a reason if you want to stay inside and not, like, you don't have to always find a reason for that. And I feel like sometimes our brains naturally try to do that. Um, So I wanted to make sure I piggybacked off your statement by being like, although I'm sure some of that could have been it. You don't have to come up with a reason for it. And I know that you know that, but sometimes it's hard when you're like in it to be like, I have to find some reason or else this is just like crazy of me. Um, but I know that that. No, I, I don't know that because <laughs> I do always want to try to find a reason. I like drive myself crazy trying to find a reason because everything needs to have a reason. So that is a very good yeah. reminder. Thank you, Mads. I needed to hear I that. I do that too all the time. And it's only funny when someone who is, you know, I'm, I manage her and she just is with me every day and she realizes that. And I'm like, huh, but even so, Kels, like when I'm still doing it and spiraling, I still can't get out of that until I'm backwards. And I'm like, oh, remember when Alyssa said that one thing? Um, But I want to ask Cass, since we were kind of talking about this change thing, do you think, and this might be, again, I'm just going to let you run with it because I have a couple of different ways I could go with it. But do you think one that like because of you dealing with your grief at such a young age and such that big change, is that part of the reason why change freaks you out and the vice versa of that? Or if you want to run this way is I was curious when you really first realized that that was like, because you were so young and I find that part very interesting in that aspect because that's not something that Kelsey and I are familiar with. Um, so is there a specific time that you remember that that change of like you feeling okay afterwards or whatever it is? Um, I want to, I'm curious about your experience with that feeling. Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think for sure my like change trigger is triggered by that traumatic life event and uh, like, basically disrupting my whole life and vision of what I thought my life was going to be for the rest of my life. So I think that for sure probably plays a role. And I'm sure that's something to unpack in therapy now that we're talking about it on here. I've never really thought about it like that. Um, Because in general, I just think I'm a person that's like rooted in security. Um, I am a type six on the anagram. And that is like all about security. 
I was yeah. going to call that out if you <laughs> weren't. Yep. It's so yep. funny. When I like first read it, I couldn't stop laughing like after the first sentence because I was like, I already know that this is me. Like it's so deeply rooted in like having, I mean, I th- I've talked a little bit about like abandonment issues and not because anyone has like voluntarily abandoned me and traumatized me, but like being abandoned by like through loss, um, I think is something that is really triggering and was traumatizing for me and has kind of carried into my life um, moving forward. So that's been kind of difficult to navigate. Um, So yeah, I think that definitely played a role in why I think change might be difficult. And then I think also my, I've talked about like my feelings and emotions with going through grief at that age. I was like mads and kind of like blacked out and numbed a lot of things and just like I was a rock like I didn't cry at the funeral at all I was just a shell of a person for many weeks for months to be quite honest um and it wasn't until I got my scrapbook was when I unlocked a lot of those emotions and it came like pouring out um so I like kind of hit delay on all of the emotions in a sense. And then moving forward, I think I had to process that. So because I was delayed, I was like processing all of like, for example, the first and everything like that, like a little bit later on, um, even though I was going through them, I wasn't really like absorbing it. And I was so young, like I have to just constantly like remind myself and then maybe other people that like, my brain was still developing. Like I was still developing how to have like emotional responses to things. And so my brain learned how to have like certain responses to things through this trauma. And so my brain could have been like rewired a completely different way if I hadn't gone through this. So that's just something I think about constantly of like, okay, it has to have affected me. Like it, it biologically affected me as well. Um, So I think there were many years that I definitely, you know, I was reminded of grief. And I think growing up too, there were so many, as we say, like life events that keep happening, like when you're graduating and you're getting your first car and you're getting your first boyfriend and you're going to high school and you're applying to college, like so many things that you think your parents are going to be around for. So I think I was constantly kind of hit in those moments. Um, And I was very thankful to have the scrapbook as my like, here's my dad's voice in those moments where when I can't find it. And so I think that while it was so beautiful, it was also another reminder that he's not here. So it was very complicated, like during those moments. And I would say it wasn't until maybe like college, when I started to feel like, okay, I'm away from my home, physically away from my home, and like kind of more independent and feel like a bit of more freedom, where I felt like that wasn't really a topic like on my mind as much anymore. And I don't mean that to say in a bad way. Obviously, we all have days where we think about it for sure. But I think it became more of like normalcy that it wasn't happening there. And I am grateful that that happened because it it felt a little bit of like, okay, I can just be a normal college student and embrace like what my life is supposed to be like and like what a college life, student life is supposed to be without having this like 
gray cloud over me all the time. I just want to release it and like live life as if that didn't happen, even though I know that it did. No, I think that's so interesting. Just like the phases and like the chapters you've already endured. And then even continuing on from college into your adulthood, how would you say like, let's like the last like five years, like how would you define your growth from then? Because like we've acknowledged it's like you hit all these very specific life milestones. And then until you hypothetically get married, not hypothetically, we all want to get married until we get married. (laughs) It's the thing that will happen for all of us when we get married up until that point, there's technically not really these like very defined life milestones. So how have you grown like through your 20s post-college and how has that like peace been developed kind of after college graduation to today? Yeah, I think that I've also kind of talked about this a little bit of like I associate loss and grief a lot with like childhood and so like adult Kathy is a different person and not to get like, I mean, this is like even getting a little heavy, but like, I think um, through therapy, and I'm sure other people can relate to this, you can do a lot of inner child work. And I think I've shared with you guys a little bit about that. And so it's especially like, tough for me to do that inner child work, because I'm looking at a child or going back to a child that lost her dad. And so while like, yes, it is a part of me and will always be a part of me. I almost feel like I'm like, like AD, like (laughs) in my AD chapter of like after death and like, this is a new like revival or whatever of me being an adult. Um, And so I think just having that independence for some reason allowed me to like, let go of the chains of grief a bit. And I don't, I can't say why but I think it's just because of that association of like when I associate when I think about loss and grief and like all of those heavy emotions I think about me as a kid and so I really have to like I just focus on like my present day and where I've grown and matured and it's obviously like been the cause of of how I am today and how I present myself but I think that that is what has like shifted and how I've grown from it all. Does that make any sense? (laughs) No, it makes a lot of sense that like psychologically you're like kind of divided into two eras. We're going to use like, (laughs) even though, you know, you have many eras of your life, but like you've made a strong line in the sand that like you've associated the hardest, freshest, most raw emotions of loss with you as a child and you being a 28 year old, like fully functioning adult, doing a lot of adult things. It's separate. Like you said, of course, it's a part of you, but that it's, that's how you have your day-to-day peace as an adult. Yes. And something else that I think uh, might be relatable for some people is like, I, and I said this before, I'm such a black and white thinker. So to me, that like division is so like, I can absorb that in my head, but for other people or for like what you were saying earlier, it feels like you're still kind of in the gray right now of like, this is new and like, I don't know when it's going to pop up and all of these things. And so that's just kind of like a clear difference in our grief journeys right now because it's so fresh. I think that you can stay in that gray area for a really long time. And I'm not saying one is worse than the other. I'm just saying like 
I'm just kind of making an observation of like that's how it feels. Okay, Kelsey, you said something and now I have to ask this question because I'm just going to be curious about it all night. So you were joking or we were joking around about our eras, right? And I feel like a lot of people will say like, oh, my era from like we'll say middle school or elementary school or my 20s. And as I was thinking about it, as you were saying it, I feel like when I think about my eras of like my growth and my development is usually when something pretty bad happens. And so it's like, I don't know if it's a trauma or like it's never, it's not necessarily always grief, but a lot of the times it is. And I'm curious if you guys can think about it without thinking about it too much. Whatever you classify your eras in your head, do you think of kind of moments like that where like big pivotal things happen? And not that we have to make it, you know, make, make sense as I was just telling uh, Kelsey about her feelings. You don't have to have a reason, but I'd also be curious if that were to happen to us, if that was because we're all in this space where we talk about it so much. Hmm. Or both ways. I'm not sure. Yeah. I I feel like my quote-unquote eras are more so based on the more stereotypical like school age, graduation, college, post-schools. And then um, I've almost been able to define eras now because I've been in San Francisco and at the same company for so long. My eras are like apartments because I've roughly moved apartments either every like it was like two years, a year and a half, a year, and then I'm approaching two years. So I'm like those. And then like that weirdly kind of helped, I think helped like when my mom passed, I was in one apartment and then it was I was only there a couple months more before I moved into a new apartment. And that move and like era change did helped me feel like I was kind of like moving forward. And I think I shared like there was some weirdness of like, she never will see this apartment. And she saw my other apartments. There were some things that made it sad. But on the other hand, it felt like, like Kathy, like when you said, like when you went to college, you were like physically out of a certain space, like that can make a difference. And so I think I think of the eras kind of with my apartments, um, but like tied in that obviously is like the losing my mom moment. And then otherwise, though, I would say like school and like, oh, like high middle school, high school, college. And then we would joke like our freshman year of San Francisco was like an era when we were like babies in our 20s, like living life. And then like I've almost like so I'm kind of in like my see I almost feel like I'm in my senior year of my 20s of San Francisco whatever that means and like who knows what like my 30s will look like like because I that's probably the next era but yeah how about you Kath that is really relatable I feel the exact same way um <laughs> senior it, year yeah I have senioritis <laughs> somehow and that's for I like now realize that's why that's hilarious Yeah, no, I feel like the same way about apartments. I feel like I also what came to mind when you were posing that question is my mental health states have been like my eras to her. Um, And just kind of like, (laughs) yeah, we had an anxiety era, we had a depression era, and we still have these eras like ever so often. But um, when you first discover that you're dealing with all of that, uh, I think that that was like a big change and shift um, that I reflect back on. And then like bouts and years of where I was like struggling with it for a really long time. And then bouts of years where I was like doing so well and had grown and had like 
um, acknowledged it and was working on it. And so I think that that's another way that I define those chapters, which is interesting because, I mean, those feelings can still pop up. I mean, it can't, it doesn't always just go away magically. So um, that's something that I thought about. Do you relate to that at all? It's funny that you say that, Kath. I definitely do. And I was I was smiling when you were saying that because I've started doing that. And I think that's kind of what I meant, which is like a lot going on or just an up and down. Um, and I started referring to them as that. And Kennedy, my sister, is now like she knows what I'm talking about. And I'd be like, when I was in my like manic era, she'll like know <laughs> yeah. what, what I was talking. Yeah. She like knows like what was happening. And I'm like, when I was in this era. But it's funny because it's always something her and I really – and I wouldn't say it on like my mom because she would be like, okay, that's enough. Like yeah. stop joking around about it. But um, it's kind of funny how like that's also how I refer to it outside of my internal dialogue with Kennedy. And she just – we just think it's so funny because she, she'll make jokes about it sometimes but like only when I do. Um, but it kind of brings some light to it too, which I know we talk about as a good like grief and emotional coping mechanism yes. sometimes. Um, seemingly it doesn't – this doesn't fully apply to us because we're all perpetually single. But I feel like with my friends or my sister, like I'll define – their eras by the boy they were dating like in that era so I'm like oh this was your so-and-so era and like they know what that means because of like all the things that happened with that person and what they were like and the stuff they were dealing with and the drama but maybe it's a positive thing of us being more single is we don't have relationships defining our eras maybe situationships but not a lot of relationships It reminds me of Tanya's like, she's like, okay, I'm on 3.0 now and 4.0, like she just keeps (laughs) evolving or whatever. And 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 I feel like Mark is always like, okay, what version are we on now? But it's, but it's good, like to keep growing and evolving and like having those kind of like moments. Um, I wanted to ask Mads, what do you feel like have been kind of your, if you feel comfortable sharing, like your growth defining moments or like, do you think and look back at at ever any like major positive changes that were also like very growth um for you well that's a really good question um and I feel like I'm gonna condescend what I just said about it being like typically like something trauma but it kind of wasn't 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 so I typically do look back to like sometimes when we're talking about it I'll be like it's just natural I think but I think it's because we talk about it so much but I'll be like oh like this is when Papa was around and this is when it wasn't. Um, also, we were big hockey fans. So, like, a lot of the times when, like, we talk about players being traded, it comes up a lot. And so, like, I'll think about it. It's been like, oh, like, I stopped watching every uh, like, the Cubs games whenever he passed away because it was hard. Like, things like that. Um, as far as, like, adult and recent and, like, a fine level, like, I think of um, my time from when I moved to Wilmington for the first time. Um, And then I lived alone and by myself. And that was when I kind of had like that really, really bad like depression manic I talk about sometimes. And like I joke around about with Kennedy and like I ended up having to go home. And I was like, it was the deepest and darkest I'd ever been. And so I think of that as a really big one. And that's probably what we refer back to the most. Um, Kind of similar to Kathy's, like she said, she feels like she had her like before death and after death situation. Like it's almost like we talk about it like that. Um, And it's funny because it's not funny, but it's nice. I am so, I've said it before and I'll say it forever, including you two. I have so many amazing, close, lovely friends that um, also knew about that time. So we can kind of keep it around that way. So I think of that as like a big era. Um, And then shortly after that, when I was in that, my um, grandpa had passed away. But I also kind of think about just like, yeah, like when big things happen, um, sometimes when I'm with, with Kennedy a lot, I think about like what we've been going through together as like a team. So we, we both went through a pretty big loss last year. And I think I kind of close off an air like that. Um, 
But now that you're asking that question, it is really interesting how everyone's brain kind of can compartmentalize, but not compartmentalize, like where we're going to break off things, like where this is going to be this section and then it's done. Because it's personally, I don't, I don't remember, I don't typically don't remember like an exact date and time whenever my mindset or mood or idealization of what's going on changes, but it does. And so I'm intrigued as to how that happens now that we're talking about it a little bit more. I don't know if anyone else has any kind of feelings about that, but um, I find that part really interesting. Um, but I think, yeah, and I think the biggest growth thing will probably always be when I packed up in the pandemic and moved across the country by myself. Um, that was a pretty big one, but um, that was a that was a good way to think about it in a different different way, I guess. Yeah, it's like we go through a lot, and society is always like instilling in us to have these big moments or time markers or milestones like society society is obsessed with it and then social media is obsessed with it so we're always being shown like your first day of school your last day of school your graduation ceremony your first day at a new job the day you get your puppy the day you get engaged the day of like and we're in that time where there's a lot of those and then so if we're not falling into one of those like very stereotypical, milestone markers. It's like we're categorizing our life with just, I guess, things that impacted us the most or like whatever our brain has concocted to help us like create bookmarks like from the past. And like, it's so interesting that if you ask anyone that question, like everyone has like their different bookmarks Um, and tying that back in with peace and the theme of kind of like redefining what's normal. It's like, whatever I considered peace in high school is different than what I considered peace like fresh out of college is different than I consider peace now. And I think like once you've gone through a loss and grief is a part of your DNA, it's just like learning what that peace looks like to you because like, yes, you won't have your peace from five years ago won't look the same as your piece from today. So just like, okay, the grief is a part of that picture now. And I just want to have something to strive towards where it's like, it's not that that's not to say that I'm never going to be sad again or never going to like stop thinking about her, but just so those everyday moments or those quieter moments can like have a little bit more stability that makes a lot of sense. And it, it made me think a little bit. And I want to ask you, Kath, and I, I don't know if it's because I was like had a terrible child, like a not terrible childhood, but like I was not good mentally when I was younger that I asked so many questions about this. Um, but I'm curious if you had, and we've talked touched about this a little bit, but if you can remember when you would have switched off your bookmarks and then if you had any more, I'm sure you had, I know you had a harder time growing up because of the fact that you were without your dad for so much of it. But I'm wondering if you could think of any like instances or moments or relationships that made you feel extra that like you like were living your own like era that your friends weren't living. Yes. I think that the first thing that comes to mind is my high school relationship or our relationships in general and boyfriends. Um, I think that, okay, so I had, (laughs) this is so funny to talk about. I hope that these people like never listen to this (laughs) podcast, but, but if they do like, here you go. Um, but my, like, I had a boyfriend, I think I got a boyfriend like months after my dad passed. 
and my first ever boyfriend. So that one is a very interesting, and we could probably do like a whole episode on that of, um, I just remember like having, yeah, like experiencing, like experiencing all of these new feelings and like liking somebody. Um, and I remember like when he wanted to break up, I like was hanging on and I couldn't let go. And obviously like I was in middle school, like I was so young and anybody that would have like had their heart broken would have been upset. But like, when you think about it, I was literally putting myself through another like insane loss, like my first breakup ever on top of like losing my dad. Like that was terrible. Like, I can't believe that I did that. And I remember, I also remember so vividly my mom or like family members making a comment of like, oh, she just wants to have a boyfriend because her dad died. And that aggravated me so much. And I was like, who are you to say that I'm like filling this void with that and like that I don't actually like like this person or whatever. And for a long time, I was really upset with that type of comment. And like, yeah, it's still a little bit bothersome today. But like, I didn't have the maturity to see it the way that I do today. And like, there could be some truth to that. There could have been some like, oh, I like longed for some male figure in my life. And that was like, kind of how I was getting that. So anyway, to then relive like grief again through breaking up, I knew from that experience, like I think it was seventh and eighth grade, um, that I was going to have, I was going to struggle with this like later on in life. Like I just knew that I was like, it was the same feelings of, and I think I talked about this, this kind of came up when we were texting of like parallels between a breakup and um, grief, like that, like I wasn't eating, I felt like a hole in my stomach, you know, like I, I was crying, I couldn't get out of bed, like truly like all of these like grief also symptoms that you get. Um, And then so that was like in middle school, and I was a lot younger. And then moving on to high school, I think that was something that I found myself like, I don't really think people feel like know the heaviness of what breakups feel like for me because they haven't gone through this loss yet. And like, yes, of course, it was painful for anybody like teenagers, your emotions are running so high. But I just always felt like this constant like I have to prove to my friends like how like terrible this is like I'm like I always thought like they won't get it and they don't get it of like why I feel so low right now um after going through a breakup so that's definitely like what comes to mind in terms of like feeling this bookmark or feeling this sort of like chapter of my life that I didn't feel like was relatable to other people that's really interesting that you say that because when you were talking about it I kind of felt like I had almost like the reverse instance like I feel like when I was older and I was in college like I remember which is so funny now but I remember like when I broke up with like my first boyfriend I was I didn't date until I was in college like I didn't like I mean I had like dated in high school but I didn't like you know get intimate with anybody or anything until I was in college and it was like serious and so I remember though whenever those relationships would end it would be like traumatizing for me and I would be so upset because I never really had to deal with that kind of grief before because I mean like I said like my 
best friend Shannon has been in my life for 15, 16 years. So like, I don't, I, everybody, I'm so lucky for the most part that like the people who I love and trust stick around. And so I had, my parents were together at the time. So like me losing a boyfriend, which is like, obviously I'm 15 years old. Like I'm not going to marry this person for the most part. People don't, but um, I remember that being such a thing. And then when I actually felt grief, like real grief for the first time, I feel like it doesn't, like it doesn't, I mean, I still get sad and upset, but like, unless I'm going through a really bad mental time, it doesn't really phase me as much. Um, but I didn't even really think about that or realize that until you gave that example, Kath, which is kind of wild how we could be in such different stages and kind of feel that same thing. Yeah, I think it's like either, you know, re-triggering like it was for me or it's traumatizing because you've never had loss before. So it just can like really run the gamut. And and that is a grief in itself that you're experiencing for the first time. So like experiencing grief in the first time in whatever manner that is, even if it's not through the loss of somebody's like physical life, like it can be really tough and like a weird thing to grapple with, especially at a young age. Um, on the flip side, just to throw out another experience, but maybe it's just more telling of that my feelings for this person weren't all that deep, but the guy that I was dating, <laughs> like throughout, like dated him, like, and then during that relationship, like mom passed away, dated him after. And then eventually when we ended and it was only like a few months, like three-ish months after everything, I did not shed a single tear. I was fine. Like because I just had experienced something so much more intense and worse, it shrunk the importance of my dynamic with him so much. And again, I clearly was not deeply in love with this person, but they were in my life for like a long time and were like a great, like helpful figure. And I think subconsciously, like I was also like realizing like that it wasn't going to be the right thing, but the way that I have like attached myself to like scenarios of crushes of guys in my head more deeply. But something about after having the loss of my mom, it just shrunk everything else. So like almost like kind of the reverse, but the same thing where it's like, because I had felt like what a real quote unquote, not to take away breakups because I have seen people go through some crazy breakups and that is a real grief. But because I just experienced like the physical loss of somebody so close to me, a breakup was like, eh, small potatoes. Like I have bigger fish to fry. I have bigger shit going on in my head. That is not a big deal. So I had weirdly like good perspective in that case. So I'm curious for anyone listening, like where people have fallen on the spectrum of everything. Um, But before we wrap up, I actually wanted to ask both of you a question before we do our normal closing out. Um, And Mads, I'll start with you since it is your favorite song, but I just want to ask what (laughs) is your current definition of peace in your life? Like how would you envision it? So I knew you were going to ask that when you started saying it. Um, And I'm going to give you – I don't know if you're looking for a more like spiritual good answer or a physical, but I'm going to give you a little bit of just like what first come to mind when you were asking. Um, Peace and more of like just being content and happy is one, like I'm just happy and content. Like I'm not really, I'm fine. Um, For me to feel that way, Kendi, my sister has to feel that way. Um, I'm like not, as you guys know and have heard just from me talking to you guys off air, like I just 
if she's not good, I'm not good. Um, so us both just being like content and like, and then like physically, like my like happy, like peaceful spot is like watching Gilmore Girls in bed with her and we like order like DoorDash and typically it's Chili's because we're garbage human beings whenever we feel like we're in our feelings. Um, but that's like, whenever we have a bad day, that's like what we'll, we'll go do now together. Um, and so it's kind of, it's kind of funny, but yeah, that's kind of, I guess, where I feel physically at peace. Um, and then as far as just mentally there, um, I don't know, and I'm not going to have to put a name to it because we're talking about that, Kelsey, but I don't know if it's a mental health thing or a normal thing. Um, but typically just when I feel like steady and sometimes it's harder to grasp, sometimes it is, I don't always feel like I have the best control over that, unfortunately. Um, but I do think that just like feeling like I could like not have to go, 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 go. It just like calm down a little bit. Um, but after we pass it to Kathy, I need your answer too now. <laughs> but Kathy, take it away. I also was going to ask this question. So uh, <laughs> definitely happy that you did. Um, for me, I feel like I was actually, I was recently like for my friend's engagement in San Diego when I was driving down there and I was listening to Tay and had the windows down and it was like along the coast and I was like this is euphoric like what I am experiencing right now so I think I really like I mean I don't have want to have a long commute to work but when I have the ability and time and I'm not stressed like just taking a drive when it's good weather and like windows down and listening to my favorite music I think is like my state of peace is like how I would describe it. I love that. And that painted such a like relaxing, serene picture. Um, my answer, which I didn't even think of before asking. Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I was just so excited to hear what you guys had to say. Um, trying to think of like off the cuff, but I agree with Mads of like sister and family have to be at peace too. Gilmore Girls can bring me a lot of peace, but I feel like I'll usually go to Gilmore Girls or like Taylor Swift when I feel like I need it. So if I'm not like leaning on something external or like the comforting pop culture elements of my life, I feel like, yeah, being outside in some way, like we have like this beautiful like walk along the water, like right by the Golden Gate Bridge that I'll like go on a lot and be able to like walk and like you guys both kind of alluded to just feeling not stressed, not overwhelmed, just kind of feeling happy, content, gratitude, I feel like is a key word. Like if I'm in any kind of mindset of gratitude for what I do have um, or like at the Palm Desert condo, which I'm so excited for you guys to experience, I feel like just like laying by the pool with like a drink looking at like the mountain and like being in the sun and whether there's like music playing or it's complete silence. I'm like always with people I love and in a place that I love, like I definitely feel peace there. And honestly saying this out loud, just a reminder. And like you said earlier, Kath, like how important being outside is and just like really forcing yourself to get outside, even if the weather is not perfect, even if you're not fully feeling it, even if you're tired, like especially Kath and I, we don't live anywhere where the weather's ever that serious. So like you can almost always go outside and I, not to make myself sound like a hermit, but just sometimes when you get really stressed, I'm easy. I'm like, oh, well, I got to keep cleaning or I got to keep doing this. So talking this out is a great reminder. So thank you guys very much. 
Good tip. I agree with that statement. And I was thinking as Kath was saying it, and you kind of alluded to it too, with like the Palm Desert is, um, I felt this same kind of peaceful, just like, I'm. this is where I'm supposed to be, was when I was after the wedding, we were all my friends, like I had mentioned, we were laying out at the pool at the Waldorf Astoria and having bougie cocktails. And it was like, it's like I'm just so happy. So I want to challenge the both of you, as well as whoever's listening to either like, don't even write it down, take a note, for you to take a note or text me individually or in the group or whatever it is. And I want to think about what you guys think about those moments. I want to know about it. So like, I kind of want to, if you, if you think about it when you're having it, like I genuinely think that's a really good way to keep, keep connected with each other. And um, so next time you have that, if you think about me, shoot it over to me. If you listen and you know us, text us or comment it or message us if you feel like it. Um, you don't have to, but I just think that's a really kind of cool way to kind of feel how your friends see how your friends feel that way because it's something that I think we all search for a lot like a peace challenge and it also (laughs) helps you like be aware of it that you're in it because sometimes you can just be so happy it just kind of like you're in it so hardcore and then it just kind of goes away and then you're like ah like I missed that was perfect and so it's a weird way to be like really present and maybe like appreciate it more if you're able to like call it out so yeah I love that idea Mads and if you remember that was my word of 2023 so. Yes, it was. That's yes, right. What an amazing call. That. You know what? I knew somebody I talked to about their word. It was their word, but I couldn't quite place who. So even better, Mads, that it is yours. <laughs> so full circle. Full circle. Um, <laughs> with that, just closing it out. Share this podcast with a friend. Rate it. Give it a review. Follow us on Instagram. Send the links, the Instagram, whatever we put out there in the world to a friend or someone who needs it share, comment. Maybe we'll do a post about like finding your piece or, you know, redefining your piece. And we'll have people if they want to comment or anything like that, or if they do want to just privately send to the Instagram account, like one of us will see it. I love it. Um, But love you guys. As always, our conversations always are also just such a good release and like a live therapy session. So Very appreciated. Love you all. Thanks for listening. Love you. Bye.